Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week's show, ESPN releases more details about their Bundesliga coverage, how Bleacher Report is a sure bet to get MLS TV rights, we reveal which Premier League analyst is leaving NBC Sports, CBS All Access is getting a new name and we have a new clue, plus we have letters from you the listeners in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, aka The Gaffer, joined alongside my co-host Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, uh, a lot to get to in this episode, so let's dive right in. And uh, what's been your favorite match from this past week that you watched? I think Leipzig Atleti uh, won because Tyler Adams got the winner, which was phenomenal uh, for the U.S. and 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 uh, U.S. soccer. Not only that, but the the the, the build-up play, the cross from Angelino, uh, who's a player I'm familiar with between Man City and having played in MLS before. Uh, he he played for Manchester City. Uh, is uh, was was brilliant because he instead of just feeding the ball into the area, he held the ball up, waited for a late run, an intelligent late run from Tyler Adams, and. Uh, delivered it beautifully. Also, you got to see a little bit of how uh, Atleti plays in Champions League, what's generally been successful for them in Europe, but got undone by a young, hungry, aggressive team uh, in this match. So I uh, I enjoyed that match the most, and obviously the, the match commentary uh, w- w- was brilliant. Clive Tilsley, uh, again on CBS, Clive Tilsley uh, knew the importance of the moment for American soccer fans. And that's, uh, and he didn't, and, and this is the thing that that's been interesting about CBS in handling Adams. They've done it in such a tasteful way. We've seen, um, the over the top rhetoric about any American player, any American or MLS related storyline from, uh, Fox through the years, ESPN sometimes overplays it. And then NBC this past year with Pulisic, uh, went, went way over the top. And it's funny once they, they toned it down, Pulisic started excelling. So mm-hmm. maybe they had heaped added pressure on him with their, uh, with their, the, the way they were talking about him. And once they, uh, they came back and just started after the break and started covering the Premier League again in a, in a straight fashion, Pulisic just excelled. So I really appreciated Tilsley's call and also the way CBS handled the Adams story post-match that day and then the next day with uh, uh, their pregame show and, and involving Demarcus Beasley in it. Yeah, so for me, for my favorite match of this past week, it was uh, Sevilla against Man United. Uh, this was a match. It was it was I, I, it was entertaining, really back and forth, open match. The types of games that I, I enjoy the most. 
uh, Sevilla, the, the goalkeeping, um, I think it was it uh, Bono, did an exceptional, um, I mean, so many different saves. Defenders flying in with like last gasp tackles. Uh, Man United doing really well, I thought, around the box as far as um, rather than just taking shots from distance, they were dribbling within the box, opening up uh, some space. And uh, it could have easily been a Man United win, win in this one, but Sevilla held on. United definitely had some chances to, to win this one uh, and will probably feel a little bit uh, a little bit upset and frustrated at this one. But from a viewer's perspective, from a neutral's perspective, I really enjoyed watching that game. Two teams at the highest level. And uh, it gives you kind of a, a taster too for the, uh, the final, Sevilla against Inter, which should be absolutely amazing. Two really, really... Uh, teams that are on their top level. Now, Kartik, uh, one of the things I saw from this past week, so so this past seven days or so, it's been it's been almost a, a, a daily ritual as far as watching, you mean UEFA Champions League, Europa League, and so on and so forth. And with so much of the pre-match and post-match coverage, I've been watching. I've been probably been watching a good. I don't know, six hours a day. That kind of takes up most of my day. Um, but one of the things I did get a chance to watch from this past week was uh, Ted Lasso. So it's the uh, the TV series that has launched la- launched last Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, this was originally, for those that remember, originally a, a skit. It was a- originally a skit on NBC Sports that they used to promote their coverage of the Premier League. Um, and a, I guess an executive or producer uh, went ahead and, and took that idea and made it into a TV series. And while I enjoyed the TV, the, the actual skits and, and, and kind of the commercials that they did and the ones that they did with Tim Howard, etc., I, I wasn't that impressed, Kartik, with the actual series. It, it was it was okay. It wasn't... I, I don't think I laughed. I mean, I, I wanted to laugh, but it just, um, it was okay. I watched the first, I think, three episodes, which which is uh, what's available um, basically to start off. And then they add, I think, new episodes each week. Overall, though, just disappointed. What about you, Carter? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I actually did. Uh, and, and my wife actually watched it with me, which was surprising. Uh, I, uh, I, it wasn't what I expected. And I think that that's the, that's something that's been talked about a lot this past uh, six days uh, since it got released, um, that it was, we, we were expecting kind of an extension of the American uh, commercials, right? The commercials on NBC sports, kind of the American coach that is uh, inept in terms of, of, of football, football, soccer, uh, American football coach. What ended up happening is uh, and I don't want to get too deep into this to, to give spoilers, but it seems like he ends up picking up uh, the, the sport of, uh, of soccer or football, whichever term you pr- uh, prefer, pretty quickly. Uh, but it's just a zany character, right? Just a comedic character. So I, I enjoyed the comedy value. I, I think Jason Sudeikis is, is brilliant. I enjoy the storyline, but it's not necessarily the storyline I thought. I mean, what's become obvious is within uh, – uh, it, it may be going on in kind of a, a, a comedic way, but within that first match against Crystal Palace, uh, within the, the time period of that match, he has kind of divorced from all of his American football thinking. Um, and it's now just like a, a, a man manager, right? He's into into the, the sort of man management, maybe because we see this in, in, in European football. There are guys who are man managers who are tactically inept. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what I think the Sadekis character Lasso is, is, is kind of growing into, just this excessive man management. And there are managers that are very successful in Europe that way. Harry Redknapp, 
is probably yeah. the best yeah. example that of somebody. Yeah, probably the best example, right. And, <laughs> the American version of Harry, Harry Redknapp, right? Yeah, so that's kind of where he's going. So I don't want to spoil too much about the show, but I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next episode coming out today on Friday. And uh, we, will, uh, we will see how this show progresses because it's also very odd, or maybe this is the way it should be, that they release three episodes and then to, to prevent binging other than on those first three episodes – and now they're going to go weekly. I, I don't know if I would have rather have binged the whole thing last weekend and, and watched 10 episodes or 12 episodes, however long the season's going to be, or if this is actually going to be better and it'll hold my interest from week to week. That remains to be determined. I'm going to watch tonight. I, I don't know if it'll maintain my interest throughout the season. Yeah, uh, That's still to be determined. But right now, I'm into it. Well, the, the hook on this one is, is that um, Apple TV Plus has a seven-day free trial. So if you want to watch the first three episodes in that seven-day free trial, you can. But then if you want to watch more, you're going to have to uh, subscribe, which is, I think, only like five bucks a month. So it's not much. But for me, while I was disappointed with the first three episodes, I, I did like um, how the the series was really kind of um, focusing on the human aspect of uh, of um, Ted Lasso. Kind of the, you get the human side of uh, of that. And that's something we didn't really... Uh, see in the commercials or, or or the skits that were done on NBC Sports. So we're getting a little bit deeper into the character that I enjoyed. I, I just thought it would be funnier, but maybe the laughs come later, or maybe I just you know wasn't in the right frame of mind while watching it. But while watching Apple TV Plus and subscribing to it uh, for for a week to check it out, I did watch Greyhound, uh, the movie with Tom Hanks, which is absolutely incredible. I did watch uh, Mythic Quest, which is a, a fantastic series about uh, uh, a game um, company that cre- creates video games, kind of uh, MMOG games and stuff like that. That was amazing. I did watch the Beastie Boys documentary, which was fantastic. So, so even though so, so Ted Lasso is kind of the gateway drug to get me into Apple TV Plus, and I, I wouldn't have probably subscribed to Apple TV Plus. Um, if it wasn't for Ted Lasso. So so I guess Apple TV Plus did win out. But if you are interested in watching uh, Ted Lasso and you want to see the whole the whole uh, number of episodes, you know, 10 episodes, whatever it may be, maybe hold off and then subscribe to the free trial. And then if you like it, then you can you can stick with it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good idea. It, it, got, it got me to go ahead and subscribe to the free trial. And then Kartik, uh, anything else from this past week that stood out or anything worth mentioning? Uh, no, that's about it. I mean, I, it, w- there's there's nothing else uh, happening in terms of, uh, of the world of football. I didn't watch. Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Nashville and Dallas, but uh, MLS. But that was it. Otherwise, it's been Champions League, Europa League, Ted Lasso, and uh, <laughs> and actually, I have to tell you now that you mention it, maybe I go with your game of the week instead of mine. I I, I was thinking that that was uh, that that was a phenomenal match also, and and and. The fact that United got the early penalty maybe made it a more exciting game because Sevilla needed to, needed to rescue two goals, and they were able to do that. All right, let's move on to TV streaming news. Yeah, so this week we learned about uh, ESPN's Bundesliga plans, at least for uh, the uh, – oh. It's okay. We can start off with that, Kartik. That wasn't the first one, but let's let's start off with that. So the Bundesliga TV plans uh, on, I think it was on Wednesday, they they released more details. And um, as we 
uh, wrote about probably last year once we knew that uh, ESPN had acquired the rights to the uh, the Bundesliga for the 2020 season, which starts uh, September 18th, 2020, is that all of the games will be on ESPN+. Plus. So that that's that's the big uh, the main story right there is that if you want to watch the Bundesliga for this season onwards for the next like four years, ESPN Plus is is your go to place. Some of the other things we learned though uh, from this is that um, well we know that, so a year ago so when once we knew I think this was back in the fall of last year we knew that um, ESPN had agreed to go ahead and show four games on television, so four games. Um, what we know as of today, and this is coming from one of my uh, sources, is that uh, ESPN for the 2020-21 season has agreed to show between four and eight games on television. So that has increased. So that that's, uh, could be more than double of what they originally intended, but between four and eight games will be on television. Now, we'll have to wait and see which, the game, which, uh, which games those are going to be. Some of it could be scheduling conflicts. Some of it could be, do they go with the Serie R approach and just show one of the games now and again on a, on a Sunday morning that's not the big game, but one of the smaller games? That's quite possible. The other thing that my source told me too is that that four to eight number could actually increase. But it all depends on what's happening um, within the world, because as we know, the last six months, pretty much uh, everything's been thrown out the window. So one of the questions from one of our listeners is Tom McGovern. And Tom says, are there any indications that ESPN will show more matches on linear television now that there will be less college football inventory in the fall or more matches from Italy? So. Yeah, so so with the college football, with not as many games being shown, it gives the opportunity for the ESPN, if they want to, with the Bundesliga, to put more games on television. So while it was originally four, and now it's four to eight, that number could increase. And and that's an exclusive here to the podcast, that number could increase. But we, we don't know yet. I, I, I don't think even ESPN knows um, at this point. So they're going to take it uh, step by step. I can't take uh, any other news. <laughs> yeah, well, well, actually, on oh, that front, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that there was going to be an SC Sports Center profile on Gio Reyna uh, Sunday, the Sunday before the kickoff, August 30th. So the interesting thing to see is with so many Americans, and Sam Borden's going to be doing this feature, uh, so many Americans in the Bundesliga, does this give ESPN the opportunity to build in more of these stories? Will we have something on Tyler Adams? Will we have something on Weston McKinney? Let's say he resigns of the Bundesliga, John Brooks, et cetera, et cetera. Or is this going to be a one-off? Uh, I thought it was pretty prominent that they put it uh, in the press release that, that both you and I got about this coverage. Uh, however, there was no commitment to doing it again. So uh, with, with other American players or other players that might be of interest in the U.S. market, like Alfonso Davies, right, who's emerging as one of the best players in the world at, at this point, uh, who's Canadian and who came out of MLS. So that's uh, th- that to me is interesting. The, the, Moving on. Oh, actually, one, one more thing, Kartik, about that too, is that I've had so many questions about from uh, listeners and readers about the uh, the German Bundesliga, the, the second division, the, the two Bundesliga. And I've got confirmation um, as of Wednesday that yes, definitely that is part of the package. And yes, definitely ESPN Plus will we'll, uh, broadcast and stream uh, those games. What I don't know yet is how many games. And it's however many 
the Bundesliga make available. I'm sure ESPN Plus will will go ahead and and um, provide those uh, to subscribers. But we just don't know if it's every single game or if it's a selection. But that that's big news for a lot of uh, fans of uh, second division German football. As teased earlier in the show, CBS All Access will get a new name in 2021. Uh, according to the report in the Financial Times, the new, the new name will probably be Paramount Plus, although a final decision has not uh, been determined yet. So then you'll have Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus, ESPN Plus, who knows what next, and then Peacock, which is also kind of a play on uh, NBC's logos. <laughs> Having pluses and uh, plays on uh, on logos, which is interesting. And maybe NBC will eventually rebrand that Universal Plus to be uh, consistent with everybody else. Yeah, so we got, we've got a ton of news uh, that came late this week. Um, so I'm just going to jump through a bunch of the stories. But we got the uh, schedule for the opening weekend of the Premier League season, which begins uh, September 12th. And um, out of all the fixtures from the opening weekend, there's quite a few uh, interesting ones. The one that jumps out at me as, as the, uh, the marquee game is Liverpool at home against Leeds United, which it, it, always, it always happens, Kartik. Uh, you know this. Uh, any of the teams that are promoted from the championship, usually that first game that they get is usually a tough one. And usually that's the one that they uh, focus on the marquee match. For Swansea City, many, many years ago, it was Swansea coming up against Manchester City in that first game. But uh, Liverpool against Leeds, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Now, in terms of some of the other news... Uh, this is something I feel a little bit bad about. I, I'm, I'm sure this had no impact on the decision, so it was just a little bit of uh, coincidence. But but this week we learned that Carl Martino has uh, said goodbye to NBC Sports, and he will no longer be with NBC Sports um, for I mean uh, the rest of his career. So originally he would have been getting ready to, to go and start broadcasting for the September 12th opening weekend in the Premier League and, and then on. But uh, he made an announcement on Instagram that uh, he is stepping down. What I don't know is if that was a decision that he made or if NBC Sports made. But we did talk about this last week's podcast, Kartik, where we said that um, with CBS raising the bar, um, this is really going to force people. It's not going to force, but it's going to encourage NBC Sports and, and ESPN to raise their bar is I think there'll be more eyes on the NBC Sports coverage and uh, will it get better? Will it change? Will it try different things? And, and, and in last week's podcast, I think I mentioned Kyle Martino is somebody that I love Kyle. I think he's a great analyst, but um, it's almost it'd be great to have somebody new step into his shoes to kind of mix things up. Or And, and it's probably going to be an American voice. If I had a guess, it's probably going to be a, a Tim Howard or a Moadu or a Stu Holden, somebody... So another American who is really good at analyzing the game uh, and who has a lot of personality. But uh, but I'm, I'm going to miss Kyle on the NBC broadcast. I think over the years, uh, there were some, some weekends that he was just off the charts, incredible, just had some really good analysis. Uh, and then I think we, we tweeted about it I mean, a few years ago about how good it was. But uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, Kyle is moving on. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I think, unfortunate. I, I, I've enjoyed his analysis for the seven seasons. Uh, he's been on NBC the seven seasons they've covered the Premier League. I'm not sure if this is his decision or their decision, but it will be interesting to see how they fill this position because now they're required to fill a position. We had a, a, an issue, uh, as we talked about, Neil Ashton leaves. They don't, uh, they don't, ba- they don't fill that. Uh, St- uh, Steve Bauer gets more work at the BBC. They don't really fill that. Uh, Gary Lineker between uh, his on-air uh, appearances for them and Goalhanger Films. They don't really uh, fill that. They don't really replace that uh, when that's gone. So now I think they're in a position they're going to have to make a, a, a decision to replace uh, Martino because Martino, of course, uh, was in that studio two-thirds of the time, right? Yeah. So uh, they're, they've got um, – they're now – going to have to hire another soccer analyst. And uh, given that they haven't really broadened even their digital footprint in this sport, right? Um, they, they, I don't know who they bring on air. I mean, this is the other thing that's very impressive about CBS. If you watch all, uh, you know, you get one, one set of things on all access, but if you watch uh, uh, HQ, they have just a litany of soccer insiders and reporters that, that contribute to their coverage there that they could very easily pluck and plug in the studio. And we talked about this on on the, the special podcast we released yesterday about Rafa Honingstein specifically with CBS. NBC doesn't have anyone like that. They've had seven seasons to develop that person, and they haven't. Um, again, if people think I've been too hard on NBC the last few weeks – uh, both in print and, and on this show. I'm sorry. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed their coverage. I think they did what CBS is doing now. They elevated the bar. They, they, they raised the bar for coverage in the United States of this sport, but then they've become very stagnant and stale. So this is a big decision for them, and it's going to set the tone for how they see out this contract and assuming they continue as the rights holder in the U.S., which they, I think not only are they the incumbents so they have the advantage, but since the last time they had to bid, they have uh, – uh, Comcast has bought Sky, so that gives them a leg up on anything Premier League related, uh, period. So I, I, my expectation is that they would keep the rights unless they don't want it anymore. But this hire will very much set the tone for how that looks going forward. Yeah, my, my expectation is that I think they've got a good chance of losing the rights um, when the bidding begins next year. And um, I think we, I've hinted at different reasons why on previous podcasts. But uh, right now, I mean, as far as the contract goes, NBC Sports has uh, two seasons of the Premier League left. So this season and next season. So whoever they hire for this position, it's going to be relatively a short term contract uh, with the opportunity that perhaps, you mean, maybe four more years or six more years after that, if they're able to to win the rights. But um, but that's probably a podcast we'll do in the future where we'll focus more on um, on the bidding for the next right cycle for the Premier League and uh, the players that will be involved. Now, speaking of the different players that uh, may be involved, uh, one name that's come out that uh, this week, uh, on, more on the Major League Soccer side, but you never know, it could be also on the Premier League side in the future, is Bleacher Report. And Bleacher Report has signed a deal with Major League Soccer to go ahead and distribute uh, content and videos. So this is something that uh, Bleach Report, having I mean a huge uh, number of uh, followers and visitors, and their app, which is very popular, has a way to go ahead and uh, disseminate information about Major League Soccer. So they've signed a deal, which I believe was like a seven-figure deal. It was a huge amount of money um, to have some opportunities. They're also planning on doing some uh, original content. 
uh, maybe some documentaries and things like that. But really, what this is is this is really kind of a, a taster, a taster for uh, Bleacher Report to get involved a lot closer with Major League Soccer. Uh, up until now, yes, they've covered Major League Soccer, but it's been from a distance. It's been the Bleacher Report on the soccer side has been really, I mean, tied uh, tied with uh, the Premier League. Really, that's been kind of the uh, the thing that's helped the Bleacher Report um, and BR football take off. But Seth Bacon, who is the the, t- the top executive at Major League Soccer, uh, said this as, as far as TV rights go. He's the vice, senior vice president of media. He told Forbes magazine this week that the partnership also brings Turner Sports and Bleacher Reports into the conversation for the North American Soccer League's next broadcast rights contract. Quote, we will go first to ESPN, Fox and Univision. But this deal definitely opens the door for Bleacher Report to have a voice in the conversation. So what they're saying is that, I mean, they're having Bleacher Report come in early, sign a, a large deal to start um, you know, reporting about Major League Soccer, having some videos and really kind of generating, creating more of an audience for that. And then that uh, Bleacher Report can uh, have the opportunity to go ahead and bid on the next MLS rights uh, deal. Kartik, are you surprised by this at all? No. Uh, in fact, I think that there's a uh, going conversation that Turner is very interested in getting a piece of MLS rights with the next rights cycle. The big thing I want to stress to the listeners is that this does not necessarily mean Fox or ESPN will be replaced. Well, yeah, I think ESPN is going to keep the rights, but Fox would be replaced. Uh, it might be a, a standalone uh one match a week uh, or entirely streaming package, maybe ESP, uh, MLS Live on ESPN Plus is gone and it moves to Bleacher Report uh, or there's one match a week on Turner Networks. I think that they're going to get creative in trying to get Turner, who is interested in MLS, uh, into the fold, uh, not just this content sharing agreement that, that was announced this week, but something on um, the right side, broadcast right side, but it doesn't necessarily replace someone else is what I want to stress. It, it's just another potential media partner for MLS. Or it could be they could replace one of those uh, uh, those uh, rights holders. I don't want to say that that's not, that's not possible. That's certainly very possible. But there are people who this week, Chris, have assumed if uh, Turner gets the rights of replacing Fox, I'm going to tell you that I – from what I understand, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that happening either. I think ESPN, Fox and Univision are joined at the hip with Major League Soccer, but this does open the door for Bleach Report and Turner Sports to to get involved. And, and this is something for regular podcast listeners. Um, we talked about, I think in March, I think it was, when I went to a conference in Atlanta and uh, listening into some of the conversations um, at a conference that uh, Turner Sports had, and they mentioned specifically that Major League Soccer uh, was a right deal uh, coming up that they were interested in. So this is something that's been in the works for quite some time. I, I know that Major League Soccer met with uh, Turner Sports and Bleacher Report uh, back in March. So that oh, I think it was February actually, but that they met and they discussed this. So this is this is a real deal. Uh, the the question is is where do these I mean, if Bleacher Report slash Turner Sports do acquire some of these rights to Major League Soccer for the next rights deal, is where do these games uh, live? Are they on BR Live? Are they on Bleacher Report, the website and, and the app? Or are they on HBO Max, which is the 
the pinnacle, which is the the, the really the thing that uh, Warner Media is pushing and AT and T is pushing. HBO Max is they want the HBO Max to be the next uh, Disney Plus, the next uh, Peacock, uh, the the next Netflix, where that's where all of the top level content goes to. That's that's the big push. And depending on how many games they get, uh, it's conceivable, entirely conceivable, that some of these games could end up on HBO Max, which would be a huge deal for Major League Soccer. Uh, but then again, it could end up on BR Live, or it could end up on Bleach Report, and it gets kind of hidden in many ways. We've seen that from um, broadcasts of MLS games, where some of the games are on Twitter or on Facebook in the past. And it's hard to find. It's not easy. I mean, even if you're on Twitter and you're trying to find the game, you can't find it. So, but there's an opportunity here. And this is actually a good thing for Major League Soccer because uh, it adds an opportunity to bring more money into the next rights deal and to have somebody who's serious about it. Um, We'll have to wait and see what happens with this one, but we'll, we'll keep a close eye on it. Two more things real fast, Kartik. Two big news items. Uh, one is the Portuguese League. Uh, the uh, Primera Liga uh, ha- it has been confirmed. It's a done deal. So Goal TV has uh, uh, renewed the contract for the next three seasons. So if you're a fan of the uh, Primera Liga and you want to watch those games in English or Spanish, those will be on Goal TV for the next three seasons. And the other big news is the UEFA Champions League. The, the UEFA Women's Champions League uh, at the 11th hour, CBS All Access have picked up the rights to this tournament that begin Friday and continue until next week, uh, featuring some really big teams from the, the world of women's football, including PSG, uh, Arsenal, Barcelona, Glasgow City, Wolfsburg, etc. And these games will be live and exclusive in the United States on CBS All Access. All right, Kartik, let's move on to TV ratings. Um, some big numbers from the Champions League. Let's go ahead and go through some of these. Uh, the big number was Man City against Lyon uh, on Univision and Tuduene. Uh, this one was 1.1 million people watched that. Uh, PSG against RB Leipzig, uh, 879,000 people for that one. Uh, Leipzig against uh, Atleti, one of the games you mentioned as your favorite game of the week. Uh, 649,000 people on Unamas and Tuduene. And last but not least, uh, Sevilla against Man United. 594,000 people watched this one on Unamas and Tuduene. And uh, that, I believe, is a Europa League record in the United States. So almost uh, 600,000 people watching that. Now, all of these numbers are the Spanish language numbers. Uh, we don't have the English language numbers because uh, Niels, well, actually, a lot of these games aren't even on television. But of the games that were on English language television, Nielsen doesn't rate uh, CBS Sports Network. So we don't know what those numbers are. Uh, and, and plus the CBS All Access, we know that there's a ton of people watching the coverage there. We don't know what those numbers are either. The only way we would know is if CBS decided to go ahead and release those numbers. And as far as I know, there's no plans to do that uh, in, in the future. But the big winner here is uh, Univision. And then, Carter, you've got Sunday's final. So you've got Sunday's final, PSG, Neymar. I mean, this should be a really massive uh, viewer number. What do you think? Yeah, and obviously there's always some interest in Bayern, but particularly uh, PSG on the Spanish side with uh, with, with Neymar, with uh, uh, Di Maria and uh, Marquinhos and some of the other star players they have, Diago Silva, uh, that, that are uh, from South America. 
and of course Mbappe with the opportunity now to add a Champions League to a World Cup to uh, French League titles with two different clubs. Okay, those who say that uh, PSG wins the French League every year. No, actually, there was a year Monaco won it and got to the semifinals of the Champions League the same year when Mbappe was uh, emerging as a star. And they had guys like Bernardo Silva, uh, among others, in that team. But uh, I, I, I don't remember a footballer, Chris, with this sort of resume uh, at his age uh, in terms of trophies. So uh, if he wins uh, the Champions League, Mbappe, uh, he's on a pedestal with very few others in the history of the sport. Imagine that. And we haven't, I don't think we've talked about that enough, but so there's a lot on the line. I, I expect a big number from Univision. I think uh, obviously CBS sports network is not Nielsen rated, but they too will have a big number because I think that there is a developing interest in Bayern in the United States from what I can tell in social media and conversations and among MLS fans. Uh, and I know MLS fans get ultra defensive and ultra. We talk about this on this podcast over and over again, but there is a lot of, Pride I, I, is the best word I can use to describe it in Alfonso Davies' performances. So I expect a lot of casual American MLS fans to tune in just to see Davies. Yeah, and speaking of stars too, uh, one person we haven't mentioned in a lot of our discussions about CBS's coverage of the Champions League and Europa League has been Kate Abdo. And Kate is really, in the last two weeks, I mean, we, we knew she was that talented before. Uh, this is no surprise. I mean, going back years back to her days at Sky Sports and uh, doing a lot of events for FIFA and UEFA and other television coverage, we knew, we knew how good she was. At Turner, I'm not sure if she'd be honest with this, but at Turner, it definitely was a bumpy ride. There was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of flubs. It seemed to be almost uh, either very relaxed, too relaxed and too casual of a... Uh, of an environment within the Turner Sports Studio where mistakes happened and there was no accountability or no discussion of that, um, or I, I mean, if it was just there was something else going on, I don't know. But the last two weeks have shown just how how good she is, not only in her ability to be multilingual and be able to to you mean speak and and understand several different languages and to translate. Uh, press conferences and, and uh, press interviews on the fly uh, with ease, but also just her ability to ask some really thought-provoking questions to the the talent uh, there in the studio, and uh, and also have have some fun too. And it's amazing how much of a difference this is compared to her role at Turner Sports. It, it's night and day. Let's move on to listener mailbag. First up is Mike Zale. Mike says, when I signed up for CBS All Access earlier this month, I did so solely for the Champions League and Europa League coverage and wasn't expecting much, considering how their acquisition for the season's rights was in the 11th hour. In fact, when I turned in for the Europa League pre-match show on the first day, I assumed I was watching a BT show um, from the UK with a cleverly placed CVS All Access digitally imposed on the wall for the American audience. When I learned that this was an actual CBS production, I was amazed. I can't help but think about the disparity between the production value of this coverage and the train wreck that Fox produced at the 2018 World Cup. Even more amazing is how Fox had years to prepare, while CBS only had weeks to do so, and in the midst of a global pandemic. If nothing else, these past few weeks with CBS have confirmed for me that I made the right decision two years ago to switch to Telemundo's coverage of the World Cup, even though 
at best, my Spanish is limited. So some excellent feedback there from Mike Sale, and I completely agree. Next up is Julian Palmer. Julian says, Tuduene's game commentary duo mirrors English-speaking practice and style um, of A, emphasis on stories and narratives, and B, lacking and missing uh, constant play-by-play. At Telemundo's uh, Sami Sadovnik, uh, his dynamic play-by-play football com- commentary is A+, best in the United, United States. And he says that uh, Champions League and Europa League uh, need his quality. And, and Sammy is somebody that we've interviewed quite a few times here on the podcast, yeah. talking about uh, Telemundo's coverage of uh, the World Cup. And yeah, he's definitely somebody that we've seen uh, throughout his career rise from Goal TV to, to Telemundo and, and, and doing a great job. Rico Richardson, uh, who is always uh, has strong opinions on Twitter, as he lets us know when he list- listens to the podcast. Rico says, uh, the more networks feature soccer presentations with European announcers or studio, etc., I think it mainly caters to the non-MLS, non-American soccer fans, but alienates the American sports fan. And I think he's right on this, Kartik. I, I think there's 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 definitely... I mean, it's a, it's a conscious effort. I mean, by CBS having all these games on streaming, I mean, they're catering to a very, I wouldn't say niche audience, but I would say it's a very soccer hardcore audience. So if you're a soccer hardcore fan, you're probably more than likely uh, going to CBS All Access because you have all the games. You have like, what, sometimes two hours of pregame, sometimes an hour and a half of postgame, halftime analysis, some of the best talent in the world. And it is catering to a non-MLS, non-American soccer market, really, even though that all of us listening, for the most part, are, are Americans. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think that it, it's definitely they, – they, CBS has made a conscious effort to make this as European as possible for a European competition. I, I, I've noticed that and, and – picked up on that from the interview also quite honestly they're simultaneously we we maybe haven't talked about this enough covering nwsl which is an american league and those broadcasts are very americanized so they kind of understand their audience their niche audience for both soccer products they're broadcasting currently yeah and that was probably part of fox's problem was that they tried to take a you mean champions league and try to make it into an American audience. So, you mean, trying to, to, to really market it to the American audience in a, an American way. So, you mean, in their 45 minutes of uh, pregame for any Champions League uh, game that they had, about 10 to 15 minutes of that was Grant Wall talking about American soccer, talking about Major League Soccer. And by the time you kind of uh, take the commercial breaks out of it, maybe you have 20 minutes of pregame coverage for a UEFA Champions League final or whatever it may be. And um, and that analysis wasn't the greatest. We know that we we've watched every episode. We we experienced that. We talked about this that on the podcast. And and maybe that's their biggest mistake is that uh, they tried to do that and it just I wouldn't say it failed miserably because the numbers are pretty good. But I think people were tuning in for the games themselves. They weren't tuning in for the actual uh, analysis or pregame coverage. Next up is Kelly Outlaw. Kelly says, I've never been one to care much about soccer commentators or how a network presents a soccer match, but CBS is knocking this UEFA Champions League uh, out of the damn park. They've, they're so informative and in-depth and not boring like other European commentators and analysts. 
Tim Keane says, I generally never agree <laughs> with Kartik, but his thoughts about Neil Ashton were spot on. I'm also surprised that uh, in bashing NBC for its coverage compared to CBS, you did not mention that they really don't have to compete. The Premier League does not play at the same time as the Champions League and Europa League. If you want to see the Premier League, you watch NBC. I do agree that NBC needs a change. I'm a little bit over Carl Martino and their bench is thin. And this is coming from Tim uh, before the news was announced about Carl Martino. So definitely some agreement there. Someone with similar thoughts is Richie, who says, I fail to see why NBC will have to raise their games when the two services don't compete against each other. Uh, hell, we aren't even sure what the CBS coverage will look like uh, when and if the coverage is based out of New York and not IMG London. So far, I think CBS is only committed to carrying Kate Abdo into their standard coverage. And that was something, Kartik, when we did the interview that was released yesterday with uh, CBS Sports's uh, Pete Radovich, is that gave me a lot of optimism for the future because he said, yes, we're kind of taking it step by step, but it looks like uh, looks like, like long term, definitely for the next season, possibly beyond, uh, they're going to be uh, headquartered and focused in London rather than New York. Next up is MD Football. MD says one recommendation I would have for NBC Sports is to freshen up. Uh, to freshen up is to take a page out of ESPN's book and have a roundtable discussion using local UK journalists, as they provide a much different perspective than ex-players. I always think the discussions on ESPN FC are always more interesting when they include uh, Julian Lorenz, uh, Sid Lowe, Gab Marcotti, etc. For ESPN, I'd like to see a Saturday and Sunday ESPN FC morning preview show that sets the stage for the day's matches for the European leagues that they cover, Serie A, Bundesliga, Eredivisie, etc. Perhaps with some on-site reporting every now and then for big matches like they do at Wembley for FA Cup, follow that up with a regular ESPN FC show in the evening for highlights. Kartik, you're a big fan of ESPN FC. You think that's a... A, a good formula? That very well could be. I mean, I hadn't really thought about that sort of uh, 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 type of uh, change, but it looks like with the Bundesliga, and we talked about this in the news item earlier, they're doing a preview show with Dan Thomas and Alejandro Moreno. They're going to build in some highlights and some previews as they approach the Bundesliga season. So maybe a Saturday and Sunday morning uh, morning U.S. time uh, preview show, or actually would probably have to be very early, right? <laughs> morning U.K. time, but well, however, Friday night taped, uh, however they do it, is actually maybe an interesting wrinkle, uh, a, a, uh, a change to, to uh, their format. And since they have the bandwidth on digital, right, this is what uh, – I know that uh, a lot – we've gotten a lot of letters in this mailbag about – ESPN FC, the show being moved from ESPN2 on linear television to streaming as a demotion for soccer. But it gives you more flexibility, as we've talked about before. So this, I think, is actually a really good idea because they spend Friday previewing the games, but they also have so much to do in that half hour on Friday. And often they don't get to everything uh, they need to get to. And especially now with them having Serie A and Bundesliga rights, I think it's a pretty good suggestion. Next up is Zachariah Tollison, and he says, Y'all, I am blown away by how good CBS coverage of the Champions League is. 
it upsets me that it's tied behind the CBS All Access uh, paywall, but we haven't had it this good since NBC Sports got the Premier League. Giovanni says, guys, do you think CBS will bid for other soccer rights like the Serie A, FA Cup and, and Premier League? I know Serie A and FA Cup rights end with ESPN in this coming season, the 2020-21 season, and the English Premier League rights end with NBC in 2022. Do you guys think that NBC will make a bid for those TV rights? I, I think, Giovanni, in many ways, a lot of it depends on the UEFA Champions League. Uh, it, the UEFA Champions League is a play for CBS All Access. So in the streaming wars, the streaming wars are Netflix against Peacock, against Disney+, Plus against uh, Paramount Plus, against... Uh, I mean, there's so many different um, massive streaming services from these media companies, and, and that's the play. So if they look at the numbers for the Champions League uh, and see the number of people that are signing up for that service, and they look at the metrics and the numbers that it's costing them, and they go, okay, here's the number. Here's how much it's costing us. Uh, in order for us to go get to the next tier to to make CBS All Access even bigger than what it already is, which I think it's over already over four million subscribers, uh, what's it going to take? I mean, how can we make CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, whatever it's going to be called in the future, how can we make that the go-to streaming service for sports fans, entertainment, news, etc., uh, as compared to Peacock? And now, if CBS All Access says, "Hey," If we subscribe, if we get get the bid and win the bid on the Premier League rights, we would have the Premier League and the Champions League, and all of the you mean CBS Sports, the football, and you mean the Star Treks and all this stuff, and that could definitely make them into an even bigger player to have all those games on those on on the CBS All Access, and it would diminish Peacock in a, in a way. You mean in, in terms of if you're a Premier League fan. Are you likely to subscribe to Peacock if it doesn't have any Premier League? Probably not. I mean, you may watch it for some other things. But anyway, that's what it comes down to. So it's quite possible that any of these, it could be HBO Max, it could be any of these massive streaming services say, hey, we want to get the Serie A, we want to get the FA Cup, we want to get the Premier League. But a lot of it depends on how many people actually sign up for these services. So if people are watching games illegally or they're watching it on Univision, then they're not going to be a, a likely candidate for a CBS All Access that has all the Champions League and all the Premier League uh, and all of Serie A and all of the FA Cup, etc. So that's what it comes down to. So it's quite possible, but it depends on how, how many people sign up. So the more that sign up, the greater the possibility that CBS might say, hey, wow, we underestimated the audience here of people that are signing up. And not only are they signing up, but they're, they're you mean, they're not cancelling. They're, they're sticking with CBS All Access throughout all of the Champions League. And if we can do the same thing for the Premier League that we're doing for the Champions League, imagine what our numbers could be then. Dave Roberts says, when you guys say that MLS will never be at the level of European leagues, aren't you really saying that MLS will never be at the level of England, France, Germany, Italy and Spain? UEFA has 55 member nations, and those aforementioned leagues are considered to be the top five leagues in the world. And those five are eons past the vast majority of the 50 other nations. Wouldn't you agree to that? I agree with you when it's said that MLS will never be at the level of the top five European leagues. But I do think MLS is a better level than, say, the Armenian Premier League which I didn't know that uh, Armenia had a Premier League, but okay. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I again, it, it's not about UEFA. It's about the EU. I basically said MLS cannot be better than than the top leagues that are within the European Union, which would be those five, probably the Netherlands, probably maybe maybe one or two others. But I, I think not being in the European Union post Bosman ruling um, makes your league less competitive. And having watched uh, MLS's back and watching uh, al- almost all of the games, most of the games, and, ha- and having watched the championship this past season, I, I still think that uh, MLS is definitely... Uh, some of the teams are at championship level. Some of the teams would be li- League One level, but uh, some of the teams would probably be pushing uh, in the championship for promotion up. But but that's the level that I see them at in terms of just on the field. Now, that could change with... Uh, more players being brought in from um, South America or from Europe or, or from or it's also with the academies and them progressing and, and improving that. But um, that's kind of where they're at at this point in time. And, and the TV numbers reflect that in terms of how many people are actually watching those games compared to other leagues um, from around the world. Next up is George. George says, hey, Chris and Kartik just discovered the World Soccer Talk podcast several weeks ago. And I really enjoy your knowledge and unique media perspective that no other soccer podcast offers. Well done. Just thought I would share some of my thoughts on CBS's uh, Champions League coverage after hearing your review. It's the post game of Man City Leon uh, that I wanted to comment on. Overall, I thought this was very poor and they missed big opportunities to discuss more interesting and more important uh, aspects. Uh, Roberto Martinez, in particular, did not want to open up and, and uh, try to damper the discussion as to uh, Pep, Pep Guardiola's tactics, which were very questionable, especially in the first half. This was a huge part of the story. Instead, they went on a VAR rant, which seemed to take up half or at least 25% of the airtime. The, inc- the incident in question prior to the second Leon goal was likely not to foul or at least not a clear and obvious error by most goal, uh, most post-match comments and commentaries I've seen. So why waste all the time on this? And then the reaction pictures of uh, Jamie Carragher and Micah Richards, uh, are they really keeping a camera on them the whole game uh, on the chance that they get a reaction shot like they showed? And why do I, why, why do I care? Maybe it's just me, but Carragher's accent is really hard to understand at times. Plus, if... Uh, Mika Richards does not rein in his uh, does not uh, get reined in. He risks becoming a lalas like character. Um, so before I move on to George's other comments too, Kartik, um, Jamie Jamie's accent definitely absolutely is sometimes difficult to understand, and we've seen that on on air too, where Jamie says something, and Alex Scott and Peter Schmeichel and Kate Abdo and Roberto Martinez and Rafa are all going like, "Huh? What what did he just say?" And a Liverpudlian accent, even for somebody who's a native uh, UK uh, resident, is is it's it's hard at times to, to understand, uh, and so, because they speak so fast and have such a strong accent. So, uh, I, I've had a couple of times too where I've like, what did he just say? But but for the most part, I understand it. But I'm not a typical American viewer. What what about you, Kartik? Yeah, I'm just so used to the uh, Scouse accent, if, if that's what you want to call it, that I, I understand it. I get it. It's, it's maybe easier for me than a lot of other people and easier for me than some other uh, British-styled accents. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it, take, it takes away from anything. Um, 
if if anything, it probably makes you listen more closely to what he's saying. But uh, but sometimes when he gets excited, I think he speaks faster than normal, and uh, and, and and sometimes on air they made jokes about it. They were kind of like laughing and, and said like, "Yeah, we we have no idea what you just said." Um, George, George, let's go on to say one Bundesliga question: uh, Will all three hundred and six games be streamed on ESPN Plus, or will the games they broadcast on ESPN and ESPN Two not also be on ESPN Plus? And from what I, from what I understand, everything will be on ESPN Plus. This is, I mean, the Bundesliga is a ESPN Plus play, just as uh, the Champions League is a CBS All Access play. So from what I understand, all the games will, will be on ESPN Plus. And then some weeks then, too, you'll have you mean the game on ESPN, perhaps, or ESPN2. But from what I understand, that will be on ESPN Plus still, unless things change. I mean, again, we're in a very fluid time where things c- can change. But that's my understanding right now. And then one last question from uh, George. He says, Fox Soccer Match Pass really disappointed as ripped-off customers um, felt rip- ripped off at the end. But they did allow the option to view a game in progress by restarting at the beginning or to join in at a current point. This was very handy. Will ESPN, ESPN Plus offer this restart at, at the beginning feature for games in progress? And Kartik, I have to remember on this one too, I think it does already, right? If you join a game midstream, that you can have a choice of starting from the beginning or starting from that live point. Is that right? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I think it's one of those things that I think it's... Is it? Uh, with the championship matches, I think... I think you can, right? Um, I, I guess the challenge The challenge for me is that I, I'm subscribed to so many different streaming services, and each of them is so I'm different. I'm thinking I've done it. I'm thinking... Or I paused the match and maybe been able to resume, even if it's still live, where... I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll look into this for next week. <laughs> All right. Just a couple more questions to go. Uh, Alex says, uh, hey, guys, I like to give my opinion on why MLS is not watched as much as other leagues. I feel that MLS has an image problem right now. If you ask someone that follows sports, I feel most can name some players from other sports and other soccer leagues, but uh, but cannot from Major League Soccer. I don't follow basketball, but I can name many current and former players just from new and other media. Just watching the Champions League, I saw a couple of commercials for Kevin Durant's charity program. But with MLS, most of the time, um, a, a famous names a famous names are brought over at the end of their careers. Uh, what the league needs to comp- uh, to become competitive, so you attract uh, top talent uh, earlier in their career and keep more quality homegrown. Uh, young players in the teams. I think right now in, uh, in the top 50 players from around the world, Carlos, Carlos Vela is the only MLS player. To me, the league needs to change so it can compete with its first major competitor, which is Liga MX. MLS teams haven't been as successful in Champions League as Liga MX teams. Once the league can go against uh, Liga MX, then it can compete against other leagues for eyeballs. Then there is the TV and media image when every week it seems like it's the same teams on a rotation over and over again. It makes the league look small. If every national broadcaster um, had the same six teams uh, playing, then how do some supporters uh, feel when their team never gets uh, time to show who they are? I live in the middle of Texas. Uh, Dallas is is on a local channel that I don't watch much at all except when I know Dallas is playing. 
sometimes the listings on my TV just says sports for the games, uh, so it can be hard to follow. I don't get the Houston Dynamo, uh, Dynamo games at all. Plus, every time I listen to ESPN FC podcast, they never uh, talk about any stories about Major League Soccer. I could be wrong about that. And I don't have ESPN Plus at the moment. But yes, I can't wait for Austin to be going. I tried to watch MLS's back. I felt the draw was very weird on how they drew the brackets. Then I was going to watch FC Dallas. And we know what happened there as they turned uh, to watch uh, Houston Dynamo. But after Houston's first game, it went down from there. Could not watch as much because of family living conditions with COVID. So some good points there by by um, by Alex, and I think in many ways uh, his point about the same teams being televised uh, nationally and um, over and over again, and so many teams that don't get uh, much coverage at all, it makes the the league feel small, and it does. And and MLS has done this so many times before. Is that I mean this weekend, for example, it's uh, you mean. It's El Trafico, it's Saturday night, it's LAFC against LA Galaxy, and um, I imagine without the fans, which is not going to be the same type of experience, one of the major reasons why El Trafico has been so good, I mean, yes, some of the games have been entertaining on the field, but for me, it's more about the fans. The fans are really what makes it, but we've seen this game so many times before. There's so many other games from so many other teams. San Jose is the one example we keep on going back to, a really exciting, attacking team that's that's really fun to watch, but hardly get any national television coverage. So, so, so some good points there by Alex. All right, listeners, uh, we want you to have your say. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com. And we encourage you to share your feedback, your questions, your observations. Uh, this is the only podcast that focuses on uh, the soccer media business. So we, as you do too, watch games uh, as many as we can from around the world. And uh, we have our likes and dislikes in terms of some of the television coverage. But at, at the end of the day, no matter what league or competition we're watching, we're all watching soccer. We're all watching the beautiful games. So we really appreciate your feedback. And Kartik, before we wrap up, uh, where can listeners find you on Twitter as far as any of your soccer slash political slash COVID slash hurricane uh, updates and, and much, much more? Uh, at KKFLA737. All right. So heading into another weekend, we've got uh, Europa League. We've got Champions League. We've got El Trafico. Uh, we've got Liga MX. We've got uh, UEFA Women's Champions League on um, CBS All Access. And a whole bunch more, but Kartik, uh, what should they do this weekend? Enjoy your football. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 